Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm Prabha Ganapati. My role is a practice leader in AIML. And primarily, I'm here to help you um, with your journey as you build your um, AIML practice on AWS. And my colleague, Christoph. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is, I'm Christoph. And uh, welcome, everyone, to reInvent 2019. Um, so I, I lead the machine learning segment at AWS Partner Network, which means pretty much I try to gauge the trends and the strategy, to formulate the strategy around all of the system integrators and ISVs uh, globally. Prior to that, I was at Amazon.com project manager and product manager for a machine learning product. And prior to that, I was at management consulting uh, firm. So after Prabha sets the stage, I'll walk you through uh, the four most widely applicable use cases that we see in machine learning. Thanks, Christoph. So let's get started. So um, as Christoph shared a little bit of his background, I'll just quickly jump in why me or why I'm a right person here to talk to you about this. So I did start my career in consulting. So I've worked for Accenture, Deloitte, Sapient, and then my own little consulting firm. So I've gone through the pains of building practices, taking it to market, and, and trying to build a business around it. So I'm well versed in that. But then after that, I've, I've worked a few years in Intel, and now I'd, I did a couple of startups, and now I'm at Amazon. So kind of know the full journey of what it takes. And so hopefully, I can help you guys more. Um, I know I've talked to a few of you today to gauge what you're looking for. So it kind of sounds like a lot of you are here to you're dipping your toes in ML, you've started this journey, and you want to understand more. So today, we're, this is a business course. So we're going to talk about, we're going to introduce a concept called the layered practice. And I'll go into it a little bit more. And then Christoph is going to go deeper into the four use case families that we are seeing, which is recommendation engines, forecasting, computer vision, and natural language. Um, most of the use cases out there, they fall amongst one of the others of these four. So Christoph is going to take you through that in depth. And uh, so let's get started. So the layered practice. You're probably wondering, what is layered? What is, what is this about? So let me start with ML. You know, everyone says it's hard. So why is it hard? So ML is actually, a lot of it has to do with mathematical models. That's where a lot of the... Uh, algorithms are. And it's actually a weird, uh, it's like bringing three worlds together. There's math, so you really need to know the math really well. And then you need to be a business-focused person because ML is all about the business. So the insights or the inferences you get from an ML, any kind of algorithm, you have to do something. It has to have some business implication. Either use it or not, it'll have some impact on your business. So you really do need to un understand the underlying business. And then, of course, it has technology. So you do need software development capabilities and others. And these three worlds don't often come together. But ML, to truly address those hard problems, you need to bring them all three together. Okay? And that's why everybody out there is saying, we don't have enough people. You know, data scientists live in their data world. The business folks live in their business world. And IT and other solution developers live in their world. Now we need to bring them all together and do that. So to address that and address this need, so here at AWS, we're kind of looking at that problem and saying, how do we address that? So 
we bring forward the layers. So our ML stack consists of three layers. So I'll start with the top. The topmost layer is the AI services. And these services are actually, this is where we're trying to make it, the, it's the easy button. And this is where we have the pre-trained models where you don't even need your data, or you have AutoML capability. And leveraging these, you can actually embed an AI service into an application. And you don't really need to understand or know a lot about ML. That's the whole premise behind this layer, okay? But then, when you look at that, sometimes you start there, and then you look at what's going on, and, you know, ML is uh, it's a probabilistic thing. It's not, it's not a yes-no kind of thing. So what happens is, if it doesn't, if you're not meeting what you need, then you have to go deeper. So the next layer down is our a workbench, enterprise workbench for data scientists. And this is where you can come in, you can label your data, you can cleanse your data, you can then select models, train them, and deploy them. And we've taken care of a lot of um, things within that, so you don't have to do a lot of data ops or dev ops. So that's what this, this layers. And that's our primary product is SageMaker, and it consists of a lot of services today, and by the end of this week, there'll be a lot more there. Uh, including the first layer as well. You, there's a set now, but there's going to be a lot more by Thursday. You'll know a lot more. And the bottommost layer is just the framework and infrastructure. That's what's powering everything on top. And we put a lot of investment there as well. So when it comes to frameworks, we have tuned the frameworks to be optimized and tuned them to run best on the hardware, whether it's for tuning or it's for inference. And then also the hardware itself, based on what you're trying to do, we have specialized hardware available, and we're constantly looking for performance as well as reducing cost, okay? So let's look a little bit at the different stack, what the ML stack consists of. I'm not gonna go too deep into this. Christoph's gonna talk to a lot of these things as they fit into the various use cases. So um, just quickly, that's why the AI services, that's where we have vision language, all those different services on the ML service layer. Again, it's primarily, it's SageMaker and all its different components in there. And then in the framework itself, we, uh, we have all the leading frameworks. We, you know, we've done that as well as we have uh, interfaces where we are investing again in building those out and bringing more capabilities in that. And then the infrastructure, of course, as I mentioned, you know, we have infrastructure geared towards everything, whether it's for training or if it's for inference. Moving on. So I had mentioned this whole layered practice and you're like wondering, oh, what is she talking about? What, what is the whole thing, right? But again, like I said with ML, when you first start out, you don't know what answer you're gonna get. And even the answer that you get, if you get a no answer, that still might be the right answer because the data may not have. And also data is a very key part of ML. Without data, it's often very hard to do ML, right? And, and so if you have a data set which has strong signals, then you can just use off-the-shelf tools and, and use that. And if it doesn't, then you have to go down to the next layer and figure out a model. Either you can, you can bring in the model that's already in SageMaker, or we have a lot of partners that have developed models and algorithms that are available through the AWS marketplace. You can bring that in and then do that. And then, of course, if your, uh, your business has a really deep PhD data scientist who've been used to doing this for a long time, you can go straight to the lower layer and just do what you need to because it does provide you the entire infrastructure that you need. So that's why we call it the layered. So start at the easy and then you can work yourself down. 
So what we are trying to do here is try and make this accessible to all of you to come in, build a practice, train your folks, build your people up, and then go, go drive revenue for yourself and, and bring really great business value for your customers. So with that, I'm going to turn this over to Christoph, who's going to go deeper into all the three, all the four use cases. Thank you, Prabha. So one of the most sought after use cases that we see is called recommendation engines. Um, oftentimes, they're also called personalization solutions, the algorithms that are running behind that. And the reason why they're sought after, because they are transforming industries. About even two years ago, um, in industries like media, even brick and mortar to coupon, uh, offer coupons, or it was the content was king. Today, the customer is king. If you do not provide what the customer needs, your, 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 your content is going to be secondary. So in Amazon Personalize, the key use cases are twofold. One, they are mostly used for product recommendations. They also can be used for notifications. So these are the two key use cases within Amazon Personalize. And uh, if you just imagine industries like e-commerce, media, gaming, brick and mortar, or anywhere where you send out notifications and emails, fitness, retail, media, fast food, this becomes applicable. So um, what, we, what we showed is, as Prabha mentioned, the topmost layer is your easy button. That's how she uh, labeled that. It's if you, if you have products or if your customers have products in mind and you would like to start a new e-commerce store, um, then we, what, we put together a, a little demo um, that what is what is possible to show you um, just let's see if this will work so then once you actually access Amazon personalize then it is uh, it is going to Changing screens? No, it's not changing screen. It's okay. So um, we put together uh, that the user comes in and sees a different set of products and use cases that are that are that are shown to another user only by accessing this easy button. Not only it is a, a personalization packaged up, but also it allows you real-time recommendations. It allows you to target even one person, a demographic of one. It scales. And it, it, it includes something called auto feature engineering. There's a common term usually used called auto ML. It, uh, it is a form of that where it will help you select the most important characteristics. And not only that, we'll see that it will select you the most important models, the, the best models that will, that will work. So, um, and all right. Let's see if this is, yes. So, Let's see how, what Amazon.com used it, or what the journey at Amazon.com was. Um, and who else is better than uh, to tell you this than Jeff Wilkie, a CEO of Worldwide Consumer? So at Remars this summer, he gave a little sneak peek of how Amazon.com was experimenting with personalization. And he was explaining that at the beginning, it was something called matrix factorization was used. That's the, that's the most simple 
form of personalization. Basically, understanding what my customer is doing, what they are liking, and if, they're, if there's another customer who likes similar products, but there is one product that I still don't know about this customer, but I know about the other customer, given the fact that they are very similar on other dimensions on a product, I'm going to recommend the, 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 the product, the unseen product to that customer as well. Well, it turns out that it is, it can be easily improved by adding a lot more dimensions, a lot more knowledge about those customers. So Amazon then went into experimentation around unsupervised deep learning. So with deep learning neural nets, um, they, they were able to find even more refined patterns. But they didn't stop there. They're currently the most advanced form uh, that, is, that is usually used within Amazon.com's personalization is something called hierarchical recurrent neural network. And the way it works is that it takes a time series of data about each individual customer. And not only about that customer's journey is taken. So for example, on the slide, you'll see that what movies the customer was watching in the past. But also, it learns about the customer data. Also, it learns about the movie's data. And combining these three together, the time series, the customer data, and the, the movie's data in this case, it will train to, to, as, to predict as good as possible what you see as uh, red on the slide. And once it's learned what to give, what to offer next to the customer, then you have a personalized model. Then you will see that, okay, in real time, what is the most uh, probable outcome that the customer would like to watch next? And that's what becomes your, your recommendation. That's what's become and served to your customer. Now, all this, all the learnings of the past 20 years of experimentation in Amazon.com is now packaged up. And as, again, Prabhu said, it's available at the easy button, available within Amazon Personalize. And not only that, but if you use Amazon Personalize, you can choose. You have the broadest selection of personalization methods. Because um, there are problems with personalization. Had we not have a silent session, then we would ask what the biggest challenge is. Um, I can tell you that the biggest, one of the biggest challenges is cold start. What do you do if you don't know anything about your customer? So hierarchical recurrent neural networks provides you solutions for that. If uh, you use Amazon Personalize, then you can choose whether just to apply as is hierarchical recurrent neural networks. You will have the option to apply it with metadata, with additional event information and event value specific information. You can choose HRN cold start. That is a, a model specially tuned for, for cases where you don't know, where you have limited information about new customers. You can choose uh, to make ranking and recommendations based on popularity count, based on a personalized ranking, just ranking the users, or you can also do, if you don't want to, um, to do, okay, which user do we recommend what? But something else. If you would like to do, if you would like to use, okay, I have two products. I have a slipper and I have a toothbrush, how similar they are. And I would like to show very similar products. Amazon Personalize is your friend as well. 
So we can, you can choose uh, to, pr to provide you similarities. And as I said, it has auto ML features. You can choose in the console, you go in and you can choose instead of selecting one of these six, you can, you can, you can specify to go through all of them and show me the best result. Now, we have partners, as Prabhu mentioned, who have made it even easier for you and packaged up solutions. For example, if you, have, if you need a, a product recommender that, that applies graph logic behind that, then, then <coughs> we have solutions for that. So you can go very easy. Um, and uh, again, this is, it is a two-layered, from Prabhu's layered principle or layered approach, it's a two-layered approach. You can have the easy button at the top, and if for some reason your use case is so niche that you would like to custom build your model, it is possible within SageMaker as well. There are built-in algorithms for that as well as you can use and, and, and then find your own algorithm and, and fine-tune it. Either it's a matrix factorization or even down to HRNNs. So this was the most sought after currently because, because it's, it's currently changing industries. Let's see the most widely applicable use cases. So the second use case is forecasting, business forecasting. Now, like, just imagine when was the last time when you, when you were hitting a forecasting situation? Maybe it was this morning. Maybe it was yesterday when you were coming from the airport and Uber gave you an estimated time of arrival. So forecasting is as broad as an omnipo omnipot, omnipresent as, as, uh, as that. And uh, it encompasses the, the, the concept of taking a time series data and trying to figure out what's go how, the, how that's going to continue without having too much of the under forecasting or having too much of the over forecasting. So in industries, if you go and look into actual use cases, how it's applied in industries, then you find this over-forecasting and under-forecasting in uh, inventory planning. For example, in Amazon.com's case, uh, they are very meticulous about not to having excess inventory, especially around these holiday seasons, and, uh, and also not to have lost sale. Or in, uh, in capacity planning or workforce planning, if you're in a call center, then you would not like to have underutilized labor, but also you, would, you don't want to miss uh, on overtime cost or having calls uh, with lots and lots, long and long wait times. If you go even deeper, there are, you see that the, the forecasting situations, the use cases are almost infinite, from cash in ATM machines down to, um, let's say, patient volumes in a hospital. Just to be even more specific, just this, these are really just food for thought that what forecasting can be applied for. Uh, to be even more specific, we brought in a couple cases where, okay, we can answer with Amazon forecast how many on-demand retail bikes are needed at the time around a certain block radius. Or if you go into advertising, then you will be able to tell the daily audience size for display advertising per web page. Or in the, for example, in an inventory planning, not only, okay, how much is going to be needed, but you can, you can craft strategies for your customers around how to reduce holding inventory from 60 days to 30 days with better forecasting. So um, this opens up a three-layered approach in your, in your practice layer. So if you would like to quickly gauge and that you have data 
that has strong signals, as Prabhu put it, then probably the topmost layer, Amazon forecast, is going to yield enough information for you. If not, you could go deeper and you could use SageMaker with built-in algorithms that forecast very well. There are random forests built in, random cut forests. There are special algorithms that are tuned for forecasting. And if it's still, you want to go grassroots, you can, with AWS, you can go grassroots and then you will find uh, special libraries of time series forecasting for, for deep learning. So let's see again the Amazon journey. Uh, what Amazon has learned, Amazon has started, this is the bread and butter of Amazon, besides personalization, to the extent that you can imagine the complexity of the logistics systems. With billions of packages every year delivered to 185 countries. And not only Amazon needs to deliver fast or to have products available in those countries, but also it, it needs the lowest prices. So when uh, you check the buy box, that, which is the price that's going to be the winning price, they, there are algorithms that try to estimate that, that what is, uh, what is that lowest price that is recommended to, for, for sellers. So in Amazon's history, initially about the first 10 years, they started with traditional statistical models. The ones I mentioned, for example, with Random Forest, and then it was working well for a certain set of products. So it was working well for everyday household products. It was working well with products with a very specific seasonal patterns. But the moment the Amazon catalog got big and, uh, and it became a jungle of products with, uh, for example, regional versus national demand, or there were slow moving products. There were new products, again, with the cold start of the problem or there were products with very high price variability, then Amazon needed something more powerful. So that was a time when Amazon started to um, experiment with machine learning based models, neural networks trying to forecast uh, more accurately. And only lately, Amazon has, uh, has tapped into an experiment with technologies, not only in, in, a, in a simple, simplest forms of machine learning, let's say a feed-forward neural network trying to forecast the inventory, but the state-of-the-art technologies around forecasting, applying all the knowledge that is within an item's history or similar item's history, again, usually relying on the recurrent neural network's power. And with that power, uh, in terms of accuracy, percentage accuracy, a 15x improvement was possible. Not only that, but it unlocked competitive capabilities such as the current aspiration and target for Amazons with the one-day free shipping, shifting from the two-day free shipping to the one-day free shipping. And uh, so that is the, that's the model that they have applied. And, then, and all these models that Amazon is using with all the 20 years of history now packaged up and is available for every developer in Amazon Forecast. So whenever you see, a, you see a forecasting challenge, you go to the console and then you upload your data and you can select from a drop-down menu that, okay, which, which forecasting method do you like to use? The basic ARIMA one, that is the traditional way of doing time series forecasting, or you would like to go and apply deep learning ARIMA models. What they do, is they can incorporate hundreds and hundreds of dimensionalities. 
So when your, when your product uh, or your problem has features and characteristics in more than hundreds, uh, then deeper EMA models will be able to find the patterns in those, in those data sets. And then if you have, for example, very highly seasonal products, then you can, fi then you can find a, um, a recipe called ETS. If you find yourself that it's, oh, my data is very sparse, it's very intermittent, and even oftentimes those sparse data points are spiky, then you will find a different recipe for that. Or if your problem is so complex that it contains multiple seasonalities that you need to capture, then you will find an even a different recipe in Amazon Forecast. Yet again, you will be able to find the auto ML mode that will run, run through all of these and find you and recommend you the best, uh, the best method. As we said, in the layered approach, this was the easy button. You can do it yourself in SageMaker as well, but if you would like to, you could go down to the grassroots level um, and use the gluon time series um, toolkit. It's a Python toolkit that was developed by Amazon scientists, and it, is, it helps building, evaluating, and even comparing various deep learning-based time series methods. And it uses the, uh, the Apache MXNet framework, and it, is, uh, it, is, it uses the Gluon open source framework itself. Usually, the Gluon frameworks have model zoos. When a new research paper comes out, we will see it in the, in the natural language. And for example, uh, BERT came out as the, as the even winning, and now, it's, now it's, uh, uh, it's, there are even better models. When there are new models coming out for a particular task, you will usually find it in the gluon model zoos that you, can, that you or your data scientist can go and apply. We have partners, of course, who made it easy for you, and, uh, and, and, and if you are looking for a ticketing volume predictor or you have an intermittency classifier, for various use cases, you will find prepackaged product. But yet again, you could use and develop, and we encourage you to develop a three-layered approach, understanding each of the three layers, the easy button, how to develop it in the middle layer with SageMaker, and then even going down if you need, if your complexity requires that. So let's look into the currently the most widely adapted use case. So if you ask me, in the next six to 24 months, I think that computer vision is going to transform completely, industry, in completely industries and user experiences. What was previously not possible now will be possible. And uh, so computer vision is, is very simple. If you, if you think of these typical current use cases that are, that are applied currently mainstream in uh, object and scene detection, facial analysis, face recognition, celebrity recognition, unsafe situation image detection, or just capturing image uh, with text. These are all current mainstream applications. To, get, to give you, for example, uh, a, a use case that is, that is trending is, is worker safety. So a customer, uh, USG Borel, had at its, one of its factory had an accident. Uh, there were forklifts running around, and there were people running around, and these two don't really go well together uh, unless it's well supervised. And, uh, and there was an accident. And what they did, they looked for computer vision as a solution, and they set up cameras on top of these forklifts. And with the use 
of uh, easy training uh, and with the use of facial analysis or object detection, whether there's a human, it's off the bat, like packaged, immediately available. When a person enters three meters, um, I'm a meter person, three meters uh, to the forklift is closer, then, then an alarm goes off and then Kanban cord is pulled. And so that, that's a safety method that is previously was, was not as immediately applicable and easy to, uh, to adapt. Not only these computer vision problems become main, 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 mainstream, but also computer visions have a prerequisite. In order to have computer vision work, these are typically supervised learnings, which means that, oh, I need to know, somehow needs to tell me uh, what I see in the picture. So you need label, pre-labeling. And uh, with, with uh, AWS machine learning services, this is also solved for you. So if you go and use SageMaker Ground Truth, it will elevate that problem of labeling images for you. It is an automatic day labeling service with an integrated human in the loop process. So not only your computer vision part is taken care of, but also your pre-step is taken care of. And if you go into very bespoke computer vision tasks, such as identifying text, it is uh, now, again, among the easy buttons, you will find Amazon Textract, which is uh, an OCR reimagined, or we call it the OCR on steroids. steroids. It is an automating, automated document workflow. So whenever you have a document, today you can scan them. And in most OCR solutions, what happens is the text, what is recognized on them, becomes a string and is stored as a string. Now, what Amazon Textract is capable of, it is when you have text, when you have tables, or if you have forms, like an application forms, where you see name, Colin, John Smith, age, 26, it will not only recognize it as a string, but immediately it will recognize it as a key value pair stored in a JSON. So it will be immediately usable. You could feed it into an automated workflow. Um, computer vision, again, is a three-layered practice. So most, um, most SIs, or system integrators, they develop all the three layers. If, you're, if you have data that has strong signals enough, then you could very well use just Amazon recognition and Amazon TextRack that we just showed you, maybe combined in the middle layer with SageMaker Ground Truth. If it is not enough, then you can code yourself. And uh, we'll see that, that there, you will find there's a gluon computer vision store for the most frequently used uh, but are most frequently used algorithms. Why? The language is also circled that it's secondarily used. Oftentimes, when you capture text via computer vision, it's linked to your language understanding workflows as well. And that combining the two can make your solutions really powerful. So as I said, um, Gluon has model zoos that are really grassroots. It contains the state-of-the-art results from all the latest papers. So if you would like to go and check out, for example, uh, a pose estimation. Or if you would like to have just, OK, I need an image classification model. Load it up for me. You'll find this in Gluon CV. Or if you need object detection, 
that what's a dog, what's a cat, or if you need semantic segmentation that will pixel-wise label every pixel to a certain object. Or if you would like to even differentiate between those labeled instances, between dog1 and dog2, or, as I said, the pose estimation is possible within the Gluon CV DL toolkit. So this was the, this was the grassroots. There are partners who have made prepackaged solutions, for example, as I said, the, the heart hat detector for worker safety or person and truck detection. You'll find use cases prepackaged. Not only use cases will be immediately available at AWS Marketplace, but also computer vision is a very, as I said, it's one of the most widely applied, so one of the most mature areas that you will find more than 60 computer vision models and algorithms in the AWS Marketplace. So entering the last use case family, it is, uh, it is natural language. So natural language is uh, it's also widely applied, but I, I, in my opinion, it's going, to be, it's going to receive a renaissance, get its renaissance in, in about probably shortly after computer vision transforms industries. Um, so just as a food for thought, if you have a customer problem in mind, Whenever it looks like this, you need a dialogue, a chatbot. Or whenever it looks like this, you, you need to have a call center where imagine a call that comes in real time, strings an agent, picks it up, and as the customer is speaking, it is immediately transcribed. All the words are transcribed on the fly. It is immediately translated to a language of your choice. And it is immediately recognized what the sentiment of that customer is on the other end of the line. It is immediately recognized what are the most important keywords that this customer is using. And using all of these information on the fly, you can make next best action recommendations, for example, by using Amazon Personalize. So combining these, this is also a natural language um, use case. Also, if you would like to have chatbots, conversational interfaces uh, for en that are enterprise, enterprise ready, you will have an easy button called Amazon Lex. And uh, if you have text like this speech or videos that you would like to transcribe, your AI service, the topmost layer is Amazon Transcribe, where you can have time-stamped information, you can have confidence scores around every single word, you can have custom vocabularies, you can train it for your own vocabulary, you will be able to identify if speaker one is speaking or speaker two is speaking, or you will also be able to use different channels where they are coming from, um, and also use stream. So Amazon Transcribe is, uh, is if you would like to dip your toe in into, into speech-to-text. Once you have the text, then you will be able to translate it in currently 137 language pairs immediately available and, uh, and a real-time or batch native language detection built in as well. Once you have that, once you have the text in the language that you would like, then the question is, how do you make use of it? What does it mean? It's just a, it's just a string. And with Amazon Comprehend, becomes useful. You can gain insights immediately. So you feed your, your text and your entities, key phrases, language, sentiment, and key topics 
will be immediately uh, returned to you in a JSON file. And not only, as I said, not only these four use cases are going to dominate, uh, we believe, the next, the next year, but there will be a trend around verticalization. So Vertigo probably is going to talk about the layered principle on what, what we would like to and how we would like to partner with system integrators. Um, but all of these use cases, these use case families are just capabilities. These, for example, natural language is a use case family. You can have a use case, which is a modernized call center, but the real business insight and the real business value comes in when it is verticalized. When you meet a head of uh, customer service at a bank, and when that solution is customized for, let's say, financial services use cases, financial services, that's when it becomes really powerful. Um, and one of the key vertical, uh, verticals that AWS is focusing on is medical. So Amazon Comprehend has been tuned to the medical jargon to be able to identify the entities and topic modelings on certain diagnostic documents. And uh, uh, yesterday, actually, it has been announced that Amazon Transcribe so the, the speech-to-text tool, this tool, is also now available for medical. So you will be able to transcribe documents that are very, very technical and very tuned for medical jargons. So combining all these, you find yourself in a, in a natural language use case family with three possible layers. You can combine the speech, language, and chatbot capabilities immediately available, the easy button. If it's not, if it doesn't suffice, then you could, you could go, in, go into SageMaker, you can make your own NLP models tuned, or you can also go deeper and rely on, for example, the Gluon NLP toolkit. So Gluon contains a natural language processing toolkit as well, where all the latest, for example, sentence generation, for example, sentence, next sentence encoding, or machine translation, or word similarity, you will find all these models in the model zoo inside of Gluon NLP. Even easier solution is to go and then rely on, on products that has been put together by partners. So if you would like a document classifier, or you would like an emotion analysis inference, then you will find these packaged up by partners. Um, but yet again, it, we encourage you to develop this three-layered approach, check out the easy buttons, then after them go into the middle layer around Amazon SageMaker, and then also you can look into the, all the detailed state-of-the-art use cases found in the Gluon model zoos. So I'd like to I'll hand back to Prabha to summarize Thanks. and conclude. Thanks, Christoph. So as I think we've said this over and over again, we really encourage you to look at the easy, easy button. Start at the easy. Use the pre-trained services like recognition. And these services have now also been extended. So the, at the first part, very top, the pre-trained services, you don't even need data like to train the models. You just start, use it, input, output. They're API-driven. But now we've also realized folks want their images to be classified. They want they're, you know, when they do comprehension translate, they want their own custom labeling. So all these pre-trained services 
they, we've, re uh, we've released new uh, updates to them that they can be extended so you can bring in your data. And then if you bring in your data, you can also use these for Amazon Personalized, Amazon Forecast. These are very powerful tools that you can start there, see how well it's doing. And if you're not getting the level of accuracy that you need, then go down to the next layer, which is actually going into SageMaker, use the built-in algorithms and everything, and then or look at algorithms that are already available in the marketplace. We encourage you to do that versus going straight into going building custom models, because that's very, very hard and takes a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of PhDs, and you know it's heavy, heavy math. So we and there's a lot of work that's been done out there, so it's all been prepackaged and made it available. And like we said, of course, you always have that ability to go down to the very lowermost layer, use all the zoos, and build a very complex solution, or augment the solutions that you have from the very top with much more complexity as the customer needs grows. So again, start with your easy. So this is where the whole layered practice comes. So, you know, every one of you that's thinking about getting into ML, or have customers asking you, you have a very easy way to get into that. Start building your practice. So start with the AI services layer, and then kind of develop. And if I, can I, can I jump sure. in? Sure. Jump in, just to, so, so even if you don't have data, but you see that there's a cut line, if you or your customers have no data, then you will find some of these AI service layers, like recognition, or comprehend, Comprehend Medical, Transcribe, Transcribe Medical, all of these will work without any of the data. You just feed the images that you would like to uh, classify or you feed the text and it will, be, it will be turned into voice or you feed the voice and it will turn into text. Um, so start easy. You can use the pre-trained model. If it works, you're done. If it's not, then don't go deep, oh, I need a data scientist, I need DIY, I need to start coding. No, then right. go check the marketplace. Probably you will find a pre-trained model already there. You don't need data, you don't need somebody already applied that data. So you just feed your image and then it will be classified and you're done. And if it's, you're still not done, then you will probably find SaaS models already out there, not yet on the, on the, on the AWS marketplace. You check if, you're, if it works for you, then done. And only at this stage, you, you need to go deeper and find, bring your own data and make, uh, make your, your own pre-trained model. Thanks, Christoph. And the reason we are iterating and asking you guys to consider this is because we want all of you in this room to be part of our rich ecosystem of partners. We have a lot of work to do, a lot of customer demand, and this is an area we really want to invest in with you together. We want to build solutions that we take to market. So, We've provided the three layers. Today you see a set of services there. By Thursday, this, this slide's gonna have a lot more services because we're investing very heavily across all three layers. But the fourth layer, that's where we wanna focus in 2020. Our goal, Christoph and mine, and, and our other colleagues around the world is to work with all of you and build those horizontal and vertical solutions to take to market. And these solutions, just like the other partners you saw, you can make them available through Marketplace and make it available to all the AWS enterprise customers. And uh, we're here to help you to do that. And that's our commitment in 2020. So we're very eager to get feedback and hear from you on how we can accelerate your journey and how you can go out there and build your practice and start delivering great solutions to customers. 
So it's not just all about building practice. Like I said, I do come from the SI world. I do understand the pain. So another key part of it is building people. Your people are your, your products in a way, right? You take to market, that's who you take to the market. So we have a deep set of training and certifications available to you, whether it's online or in person, um, classes that will help your folks get trained up. It's not just about the technology. The business is a very, very big part of this whole equation. So we have a track for, tra uh, for technical track and another one for the business folks. And there are certifications uh, available for that. So please take, take advantage of these. And this is how you can go and build your people. And the very last one I really want to talk to you about is how do you differentiate? There's thousands of partners out there doing this. We really encourage you to look to building an ML competency in 2020 or beyond, depending on where you are in your journey. Because we find that the competency partners that have really invested and done that, they can really take advantage of all the innovations we're building. And us as a team, because there are only a few of us and lots of you, we end up focusing mostly on our competency partners. We invest deeply and go to market with them. We do a lot of techn technical enablement. And in order to get started on this journey, we have a tool called ML Navigate that's available. And you can click on that link or you can just do a Google search for ML Navigate. It'll take you to the page and it'll walk you through the entire process. So it's a series of courses. It has white papers, a training. It has all set of resources available for you in this journey to go get your competency. And this will help you differentiate in the marketplace and also give your customer a sense of um, sense that you are a viable partner and that you are the de-trusted partner that they should go work with. Um, and like I said, we are seeing a lot of customer demand and we're turning to our competency partners for that demand. We bring in our partners to our customers when we're having that conversation. So please, I encourage each and every one of you to take a look at this, to look at the ML competency. And maybe you don't want to go that deep. You may also want to see if you want to specialize in any of the AI services, whether it's Textract, it's Forecast, it's Personalized, or the many other services we're going to be announcing. You know, look to kind of going and developing a practice around that. So hopefully you've gained something here. I think I talked to a few of you to see what, you, you know, what your expectations were. Hopefully we met those. But if you have any other questions, you know, we're, we're here to help you. So you can reach out to me. My e email is really easy. It's pgt at amazon.com. Or you can reach out to Christoph, and he's just kshom at amazon.com. We, we, really, we really like to, uh, to know and get to know the story, where you are in the journey, and help you go move to the next stage. And that's why, in this, given the, the silent sessions, uh, we still have a little time. So I believe that either we give it back to you for coffee and then finding your next place, or you can feel free to come up here and ask a question. We would love to know your story, get to know you better, uh, besides giving you the opportunity to email us. Thank you very much for Thank your you attention. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot.